Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. Today in the studio, I've got my cousin from over the mountain, Dylan Mazur. Hey, Dylan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. And my brother, Charlie, just got off of two shifts at the fire department, so he's looking fresh, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charlie's rearing to go, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to talk. Dylan came over in a blizzard last night, so he got, uh, what, about a seven-hour car ride from Redmond? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like... When you're driving over the pass like that, it's like, oh, should I take 20 or 22? It's like, would you rather be shot or stabbed at yeah. that point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I want to go seven miles an hour or 12? Yeah. 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 How many people? Yeah, we were coming down one grade right there, and then it's just all of a sudden somebody just panics and pulls in the middle of my lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it looked pretty hairy. But he got here in one piece, and that was good. Yep. Uh, and so Dylan, just to describe him, so if Chuck Norris and Andre the Giant had a baby, it would be Dylan. And so he's a he's an imposing figure. He's been he woke he was born with a bow in his hand, a compound bow, and he's been hunting for a long time. Um, and kind of the first time I ever shot a bow was his bow, and messed my elbow up. My wife still complains about it for it was only two or three years. <laughs> you know, you don't go straight to like an eighty pound pole with no. Um, you didn't have a trigger back then either. It was just two fingers, I think. Well, I had a release. It was, Did it? Yeah. You shot a... I can't remember how old I was. I think I was like 13. But yeah. I was a pretty big kid. Yeah. And I was not. I was... How old are you now? I just turned 27. 27. So, yeah. I don't know. I would have been 30 probably yeah. at that time. You were you were not seasoned for that at the no, time. <laughs> I'd never shot a bow before. And then I'm trying to shoot some balloons he's got out on the target. <laughs> but it was fun. And now we, you know, we've kind of gotten into the archery thing a little bit off and on and Dylan's showed us some stuff this year and so we're going to talk about those stories and I mean, I think before we dive into that, um, tell us like your earliest hunting memory or like a memory that just really sticks out in your mind of like, oh, I want to be a hunter. Well, I remember, like, way back, like, when I was really, really little, my dad used to put me in a backpack, and we'd just go out and we'd, we'd jump ponds, just go duck hunting and stuff like that. And uh, I just remember the earmuffs and, like, literally being in a backpack and just, like, splashing through the mud and going out there and shooting ducks. And it uh, definitely was a, a big, like, it was a big deal, like, yeah. for me. Just, it was exciting. I, and I always loved wild game meat. Yeah, and your dad, I mean, there was no way you weren't going to be a hunter. I mean, he was, him and Uncle Joey were always duck hunters, you know, when they were growing up and stuff. Like, they were big duck hunters. Yeah, I think it was either I was going to be a hunter or I was going to be put up for adoption, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you did not really have a choice. Yeah, yeah, voluntold. Yeah, but and they dabbled in some taxidermy, too, when they were younger. You know, yeah. they had all those heads down in Grandma's basement, and then they had a bunch of ducks and geese that they did. And yeah, my dad still does some ducks and geese. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know he still did it. Yeah, just for himself, but. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's a good skill set to have. Well, uh, why don't we get into the hunt um, from this year? So Dylan took us on an elk hunt and an elk area that he knows well, and he scouted this herd for a long time and kind of knows their patterns, you know, as much as you can know an elk's pattern with a, I don't know, 20-mile radius or whatever. Yeah. So they're either going to be here or there or whatever. And uh, Charlie and I had no... So first of all, let's back up. Season had already started. I was not very smart this year and didn't buy my sports pack. And so then you buy an elk tag after season starts and it's 75 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it worth every penny. 
So, you know, we get over there. And Dylan has some connections with some moonshine, and it's pretty tasty stuff. And so he was going to get us a bottle of moonshine. Yeah. But let us know how that worked out. So long story short, I had a, a jar of apple pie. So I got to my house. It was fairly late in the evening. I think it was about... Eight o'clock. You guys weren't going to be there until what eleven? Yeah, we were coming over after work over the mountain. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my dog was barking. Not going to lie. Well, there was someone in the neighborhood who was very very unhappy about that, and he was very intoxicated. I was not, so I got out of my pickup with a jar of moonshine, and I got uh, basically got my butt chewed, and then got punched in the face, and dropped the jar of moonshine, and then uh, yeah the. The ladies or the, the guy's wife showed up and he was taking a nap in my yard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time. So I had to explain to my cousins on why why my entire driveway smelled like moonshine. Don't step yeah. on the broken glass. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if we'll post a picture of Dylan, but he's not a guy you want to sucker punch. So I'm just going to go out and say that. Like, I mean, he's he likes to let people have that first punch and then he'll take it on the chin and then they usually don't wake up from his first punch right away, you know? So, I mean, you've had, I don't know how many encounters you've had, but you're not a guy I would come up and just punch in the face. It it wasn't a smart move by this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just bad all around, but... It's moonshine under the bridge, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, that, uh, that... That first weekend when we went out, that was that was a ton of fun. Oh yeah, so let's let's get into that. So me and Charlie don't know what we're doing, and one thing I think Dylan enjoyed messing with us is he had, you know, his tube of elk pee, you know, and he's we're outside. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's dark. We got our headlamps and little flashlights and stuff, and we're getting ready to walk into this elk area um, before first light and. We're, he's telling, oh, you got to put the elk pee on, you know? And so we're putting it on our boots. And he's like, oh, no, you got to get it all over your pants. And so he's basically trying to get us to bathe in this stuff. And uh, he kept telling us it wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how important that was, but we definitely listened to you. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely worked, you know? You, know, you can't, like... So it's it's not even actually real elk pee anymore because you can't use, like, real elk pee, mm. you know? So it's like the synthetic, and it, it smells worse. It really does. But they they totally went for it. I loved it. It was an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. We had a great <laughs> a great hunt. And then we also, after the hunt, we went into Sisters to this bougie breakfast place with oh, that yeah. scent of that elk, <laughs> synthetic elk urine. Yes. And it was the place that had, you know, like rosemary biscuits and all the fancy. It was good food. It was excellent food. But I felt sorry for everyone in our circle i mean i, I kind of felt bad for him but i mean if you looked at us you kind of think that we smelled like that yeah. like we, yeah. we were dirty we were covered in camouflage we were wet it builds character yeah, yeah. charlie yeah. what were you thinking that. that first morning what were your expectations um i wasn't really sure i haven't done a ton of elk hunting and i've never been on the having or had an elk come to me I've always had to try to find them. Um, so I didn't have a ton of expectations. I thought maybe we'd hear a bugle or something, but, um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. So let, let's get into how that hunt transpired. So we're walking down 
to where we want to hunt and in one of the areas that where you think the elk could be holding up at and you're hitting some locator bugles yeah. i don't know maybe every 500 yards maybe thousand yards i don't know how often you were doing it yeah but. I, well we, we pulled up and parked and i know that herd fairly well and i have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be and then uh so ripping locator bugles like about every 500 yards or so but we're walking into the dark and really really early like a long time before daylight and uh as we're going in there we get to uh that last little area that i know is a pretty good hot spot i wanted to be set down before i let that let that last bugle go so uh, we lay down and i got charlie to my left and sam to my right we're laying there on our backs and i ripped that locator bugle and uh the woods just erupted like that bull was on fire and uh yeah i mean i thought i well that her i know that herd pretty well but come to find out that was a, a new bull that had just moved into that area but it's like 300 yards probably away that first call and uh that locator bugle like he just responded back just mad as heck and i just remember like oh man this thing's just gonna come on top of us in the middle like we're in the dark just laying next to this pine tree and i'm like all right well here you go and then that that gentle game of like we had what probably 45 minutes an hour before daylight Mm -hmm. of not wanting him to lose interest but also not wanting him to like wind up in our laps in the middle of the night in the middle of the woods so like trying to play that gentle like balance of because you know obviously elk do bugle in the middle of the night but they're not going to bugle once and then get hit with another bugle like oh i'm gonna be quiet until daylight now like that really doesn't happen so like trying to keep him close enough without him like knowing exactly where we are Mm -hmm. that was uh that was wild it was really a cool experience and from what from what i remember that first bugle was pretty faint like his first response he was maybe a ways away and then you're like i'm gonna try another locator and then all of a sudden it felt like he was right in our lap you know and you held him there till light basically and you you staged me and charlie up i don't know what were we 50 yards in front of you maybe yeah you guys were about 50 yards in front of me and then char was behind that little bit of uh he had a little bit of brush and then that good tree but like you know you always want to be super hidden but just sometimes you'll hide yourself too much to where mm-hmm. you won't have a shooting lane and then i got you set up off to the right and i figured he'd either come around that that bench um to the right or the left and one of you guys would get a shot and then i dropped back down to the willows i started breaking trees and then i hit him with that challenge bugle and uh he he did i mean he was fired up he was really fired up yeah, and I don't think, since Charlie and I don't have that much elk hunting experience, we didn't realize how good of a bull he was, you know. So um, Charlie was the first one to see him. And from what I remember, he was just like, elk, big elk, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and I mean, obviously, big branch bull, you have him on trail cam as a six by seven. Yeah. And uh, well, I thought he was a true six at the time. But I mean, obviously, it was like fleeting moments. There was kind of a bench between us and him. And he was at like 150 yards, and I just remember he just didn't want to come across that yeah. bench. Yeah, that's where like a decoy makes like a, a huge difference. Like they'll they'll come into that like you know verbal confirmation, but uh, 
sometimes it just need a little bit more just to close that gap. So like if you had a, a good decoy set up there, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it's because he could hear me back down in the bottom, but he's thinking like, well, if I can hear him, I should be able to see him. Mm-hmm. Especially because I was cow calling and bugling all at the same time. If there's a herd of elk over there, I should be able to see something. Even one of those cow decoys would have probably been oh, yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made that would have made a lot of difference there. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You never know exactly what you're going to need out in the woods. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so we're keeping him. You're keeping him. We're just kind of along for the show. Uh, maybe one hundred and fifty yards, and maybe he'd come a little bit closer, and then he'd go a little further back, and we're doing that dance, and it felt like a couple of hours, maybe. I mean, do you think it was that long, or do you think it was less than that? I don't know. I bet. Uh, I mean, from when we first heard him. Because he was a ways away, and then he did he he cut that distance quick, like he came running, and uh, yeah, we probably messed around with him for a couple hours. So we're doing that, and then we start. Um, he starts to seem like he's going to go away from us. So you're like, hey, we gotta we gotta pick up the pace, and let's side hill him and try to catch up. And you're trying to slow him down, and you ranged him or I ranged him at like 115 yards is where we had him. Yeah, but still not really a shot we were going to take. Yeah, and but we were still working on him, and then something else happened. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's kind of hard. Like you have to get in that bubble for that elk to like really, really like. You have to get in his house for him to be like really fired up in daylight. And it's so open out there, you can see really good. But really, what what uh, spoiled that was. Uh, that other hunter just came out of left field and just ripped like the meanest bugle you've ever heard in your life. Like that, like you're thinking about a six by seven out in the wild and like how mean he sounded. And then you got some kid with a bugle tube. He doesn't know how to bugle. He's a nice guy, but just. Yeah. So we hear this huge (laughs) challenge bugle coming over the hill. And then I think that bull was like, nope, these are people. I'm done. So yeah, then he was gone. And then uh, we hunted a little bit longer, and I think did we hunt till dark that day, or we, we no we went home for a while and then or we went and had breakfast and then and, yep. and, and everyone got to enjoy our scent at the restaurant and then yeah. <laughs> and we went natural odor yeah <laughs> and then we and then we went back in there for the evening yes and we didn't find elk in the evening but there was a nice four point mule deer that we saw yes yeah. yes mm-hmm. I missed that back. That was a pretty long shot. I don't remember what the range was, but it was uphill, and you had the tag. and yeah. It's kind of fading light, too. Yeah, it was. It was right at the end of shooting light, probably, you yeah. know? Yeah. But And then uh, the next day, we get back in there, right? Yeah, we got back in there. Um, took pretty much the same path that we took in the day before. Um, didn't hear too much. I don't know if we heard any bugles or not. And then we, uh, I think that was the day that we ran into those spikes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Because we had two days to hunt, right? Yeah. yeah. It was just a Saturday and Sunday type deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we went out there, skirted along. We hit that marshy area. There was nothing out there. Then we could have crossed uh, out through kind of the more open stuff. And we were cow calling, ripping like some some real like weak locator bugles and stuff. And as we're walking along, we just walked into uh, into these two spikes. And I think they were at like 70 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you were about 30 yards ahead of us. Yeah, so I was at 70. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys were at 
probably a hundred. And we couldn't see the elk from our angle because we were kind of around the corner. And you're like elk, you know. And yeah. And I'm like, if you see a bull, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. They're standing there broadside, and uh, I knocked an arrow, and uh, I let one fly, and it, I thought it, I thought it for sure that like, he was dead, but uh, yeah, I. I guess I hit shoulder blade because remember we found that arrow later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this guy, so Dylan's a guy that I have so much confidence. As soon as he drew his bow back, I thought we were going to be gutting an elk. You know, because you just, I mean, you've you've been very successful and you've taken, I mean, you killed your elk at, what, 100 yards last year? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're pretty confident with your bow and you know what you're doing. And so, anyway, he shoots and we didn't know at the time that he'd hit this thing. By the way, we reacted. We didn't think he was hit. You know, he just seemed like he was totally fine running. There were two spike bulls, but then he held them to about a hundred yards. Yeah. And he called like, you were calling like crazy trying to get him to hold up. Yeah. 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 You were, and somehow you're filming it as you're with your iPhone, <laughs> as you're screaming at these bulls. Yeah. Well, they, they wheeled around and they ran out there to about, I don't know, 120 yards and, uh, I just started ripping bugles and cow calling and everything. I mean, they were coming into the calls before and come to find out. I, I thought I just had a clean miss, but come to find out when I found my arrow, I had about half an inch of penetration and that broadhead just completely failed. Yeah, so it was a mechanical broadhead and we just had a total failure. It didn't look like it totally opened and yeah. it was bent all funky and it definitely hit bone. Yeah. And, and, just, and that elk just shook it out like it wasn't even there. Yeah. And I mean, that elk was fine. There was no, I don't think any, I mean, it probably didn't feel good, but it was like he ran into a sharp stick and was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, we held him there for 20 minutes after that, Mm -hmm. just calling and cow calling, bugling, and we got to watch him. Yeah. And eventually the big branch bull came in and, you know, after we moved him for a while, we were getting close to where we were going to push him onto some private ground. Yeah. And we didn't want to mess him up for future hunts. And so we were kind of backing off of them and they're at about 250 yards and all of a sudden that big branch bull comes back in mm-hmm. and it was like he gathered up those two satellite spikes and helped him get back to the golf course, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, for Charlie and I, like really, I mean, I've archery hunted a little bit over here at the coast, but it's so dense, you know, and like we've seen some elk, but I've never had them respond to calls like these elk did. Yeah. It was just such a wild experience. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because usually Roosevelt's are more responsive to calls than uh, Rocky Mountains are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but no, I've hunted on the coast a couple times, and my number one rule on hunting on the coast is you want to be the second guy through the brush because the first guy's going to get soaking wet. Yeah, let him uh, <laughs> blaze the trail for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charlie, what was your takeaway from those first couple days of elk hunting? Uh, well, that first day... When we were laying there in the dark and bugling, and I was just shocked, really, how quickly he closed the gap. And I thought, I thought for sure he's going to be right on top of us. I was just looking around, yeah, because the are breaking. Yeah, because it just sounded like they were right on top of us. It was crazy. And then, you know, I don't really know how to distinguish. Um, an elk based on its call. I have a little more insight after this trip, but was not expecting just this monster walking through the brush when I first caught a glimpse of him. I mean, it looked like one of those trophy bulls from Cabela's or something just coming through the brush, just super neat coat on him. And it was just kind of surreal almost. Yeah. He was super gray. That's yeah. what I remember. Just like he was definitely a good elk. 
And I mean, for he and I being fairly novice in the elk space, I guess, especially archery, I don't think we realized how good of a bull he was until you were excited. And then we were like, oh, man, he was a oh, well, I yeah. realized it when yeah. I first saw him. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I never put eyes on him until um, we were going to come up there to move a little bit. I mean, he sounded raspy and, and mean and old. But once I walked up to you guys and went over to the right a little bit, and, and then I got to see him at, like, 115, I was like, oh, my goodness, yeah. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, that was, that was an experience we'll never forget. You know, I mean, yeah. it was... It would have been cool to harvest him, but it just didn't come together, you know. Yeah. But I thought for sure, just the way he was moving, he was going to pop out on your side. It looks like he was heading right that way, but he just got stuck in that that uh, little area, and he kept circling. Yeah, I didn't see him till he was at about 150 yards, but then I got to see him full broadside, kind of like all his glory walking through, and I was like, dang. Yeah, get to see those back scratchers. Yeah, it was it was a really cool deal. And then that next day after we have those encounter with those spike bulls, we're on the way back home and we had driven this area and it, you know, to get to where we were hunting was right off of the highway. And I asked you boys, I was like, "Hey, was that deer here yesterday?" And then now in Oregon, <laughs> we have this salvage permit where you can harvest roadkill. And I've wanted to do it, but I haven't done it. And I go, "I I don't, that deer was fresh from last night. It's pretty cold still. I think we should go get that roadkill. And you guys were both like, I don't think you were too jonesed about it, but I pulled the truck over anyway. <laughs> and uh, so we, Dylan's like, she's pretty blown up inside. Let's just, you know, do the gutless you know, quarters. Gut, yeah, gutless quarters and get the back straps and, and take the good pieces. But we're right on the main highway. And so people are driving by looking at us and we didn't really bother to get too far off the road and they're, they're watching us take apart this dough. And, uh, so, uh, so I'm filling out the permit for a salvage permit on my phone and I'm kind of glad that I got it going right away yeah, because yes. the next thing you know, we have a, a trooper, a County trooper comes pulling up behind me. And, what are you boys up to? And, uh, he's like, yeah, I've I've gotten a few calls about you guys harvesting a doe on the side of the highway here. And I'm like, oh, we're just doing a roadkill salvage, you know, and I showed him the permit and we salvaged her and we ate a little bit of that backstrap. And I've still been eating on her and I'm always a little nervous, but she tastes good. And, yeah, you know. I think we're good. I think it would that first day when we brought it home, remember I cooked some up and it was good. Yeah. She's super tender, I can tell you that. I was yeah. a little nervous. There was a little more rigor mortis going on than I'd like. See, when I first pulled up I'm not recalling her. rigor mortis. I thought oh, that <laughs> neck was pretty <laughs> yeah. stiff. Yeah. yeah, true. It's hard to tell with all the broken bones and roadkill. <laughs> no, you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think going forward, if I was to harvest a roadkill, I'd need to see it. I think killed in front of me. Like I'd want to see the impact with the vehicle, or yeah you know know the person or have a timeline yeah. yeah well i mean you know you think about it, it's like if it's in your neighborhood or something yeah but we had driven there every day yeah. and so i knew she was killed the night before and i was thinking okay it's only nine o'clock in the morning or maybe it was 10 it hasn't been too long yeah. yeah so anyway i'm still eating on her yeah we haven't yeah. died yet we'll be just fine yeah <laughs> my gi issues are the same as they always are so i <laughs> i wouldn't know the difference <laughs> yeah moonshine it'll clear it up yeah exactly <laughs> a little bv yeah, yeah. Black, black velvet that'll it'll cure what ails you for sure yeah so um then my son and i came back over to try it again with you one morning i think it was a saturday morning 
yeah. and we went back in there and we didn't we didn't bump into the elk on that time but we hunted with your son Caden too and Michael my son yeah. and we had a good time with you guys I can't remember I think we went to breakfast afterwards too yeah, yeah, yeah. we did and Michael was he grew out of his hunting boots so he's wearing rubber boots and he had a bee fly in his boot and sting him. <laughs> so he just starts yelling, it's stinging me, ouch, ouch, or something, and sends his boot <laughs> flying in the air. And so then I went to the store and got him some baking soda and kind of treated his wound. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, he was so specific about it. Like, we were walking through the woods, and uh, he just, like... I know what hurt, but he's like, I'm getting stung by a hornet. <laughs> like that exactly. And his boot just goes like 15 yards straight up in the air and comes down and lands. And he's just hopping on one foot to get away from that boot. Oh, he was swole up pretty good too. Oh, yeah. They got him pretty good. And uh, we were going to grouse hunt on the way home. If you know, it was the yeah. original plan and we're on the way home and he's like, dad, I just want to go home. I'm not going to keep hunting with this bee sting, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. it's okay, buddy. <laughs> So, and then Charlie, you went back over there, I think the mm-hmm. following weekend, right? Or was yeah. it the same? No, uh, it was, I think the, the next, next weekend. weekend? Yeah. 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 So talk about that trip a little bit. You guys saw some stuff. Yeah. Well, we, we went out, it was the last weekend of uh, archery season. And you had gotten a bull already? Yes. During I, the week? My, my tags yeah. were filled. I, so between that weekend and um, when Char came over, I, I'd filled both my tags. I, I went out onto a different place, actually, this little chunk of BLM, and where I'd, I'd heard there was some elk hanging out, and I called in a bull that came in completely quiet, and I stood up too soon and started walking over, and uh, I bumped into him at probably 25, 30 yards, and he wheeled around and ran out there, and I had a, well, actually, I had a mechanical arrow knocked at that time, and I unknocked that. And he, after I'd bumped him and I put on a standard, just three blade, old, uh, old fashioned broadhead. And I let that fly. I knew it was a pretty good hit. And I walked up there and it looked like somebody was just walking with a garden hose. So I called uh, like several of my buddies and they were all heading out there. Actually, Char called me as soon as I fired that shot. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's like, yeah, so what's going on? I'm like, dude, I just shot a bull. Like, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> but once, uh, I, once after I saw that, that arrow hit that bull and uh, I, I went up there and checked, checked the blood trail and stuff, I'd called all my buddies. We were all heading out there and um, on the, actually tracking in, we got about 200 yards down the blood trail and this group of like mule deer bucks stands up at like i don't know 50 yards and there was just i mean it was a decent buck and i was like ah screw it so with the same night within like 45 minutes of each other i filled my my elk tag and my deer tag but i ended up shooting uh yeah that five point bull and that three by four and but yeah, when that's chart, a good night. Yeah, that was it. Was a good night. A little it was bit a of work. Night. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I had uh, <laughs> I had four buddies. Luckily, so we made the elk in one trip, and then I just I packed the deer out, and then uh, yeah. So we went back to that spot actually when Char came over, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I shot my bull on a Tuesday. And we went out there on Saturday, my buck and bull on a Tuesday, and went out there on Saturday. And you came over, and we went out for an evening hunt the first time. 
Oh, yeah. So maybe we went out Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Friday night. It was. And uh, we went out there, and we go down. I'm like, oh, there's some deer down there. And as we walk down through this, off this little, uh, this little ledge, and we get down in there, I realize that there's about three bucks, and this is about 200 yards from where I shot my deer. There's about three bucks that I could fit my buck inside of. And one of them is just like, 190, 200 inch mule deer, four by four with droppers. Like, yeah, Charlie's yeah, still was, talking about those drop nines. Every time it I was crazy. talk to him about hunting, he's like, "We gotta go back there." Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I'm yeah. not talking about like a like a little drop time. I'm talking about like a, a Red Bull can length. Like it was a <laughs> it was a good one. They were they were like, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I've never seen a group of bucks like that together. It was unreal. Yeah, that's when I realized I shot the baby. <laughs> and, and you shot a nice buck. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the buck you harvested. Yeah, you I mean, I, yeah it, was a, it was a three by four with eye guards, and like he's like 19 inches wide. But how, how wide do you think that that biggest buck was? I don't even want to think about it, really. I mean, he had to be, what, 32? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Me and my youth, 32-inch waist. Not, not anymore. <laughs> I do the Jerry Seinfeld now. I just scrape it off and write it in with a Sharpie. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, we went out there um, and we ran into those bucks and then a ton of elk sign out there. And I think we hunted there the next morning. Didn't see anything. And the next evening we hunted there again. Uh, so mm-hmm. Saturday evening. And we ran into that cow. Yeah. And then you had to go. We had that that morning on Sunday to hunt. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had to go back midday. So we went out to another spot uh, on Sunday, and we we definitely covered a lot of ground that day. Yeah. But were you calling the whole time too, or were the elk responding? Or you know, I think peak rut for the elk this year hit a little bit earlier than it usually does. Like that that first weekend when we went out i feel like that was basically peak red like they were they were fired up with the action mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. and then uh that that last weekend i don't think we ever heard of well, yeah i don't i don't think we did we might have that first morning we went out yeah but we, it was just once yeah they were, it was it was pretty far away like you weren't uh, he wasn't fired up like they were that that one weekend well even though when you killed your bull you know, when you guys were working on him, you said there was a bunch of other bulls just around you. Oh yeah, when I when I killed that bull, uh, we uh, on we were tracking the blood trail down. I'd already got the deer out, and then we finished tracking the bull down. And he went off down that ledge that we was talking about when me and Charlie went down to see those those bucks. But uh, he quit bleeding. He was out of blood. He was just running downhill. And I mean, it looked like somebody drove a D4 cat down that hill. He was just running over juniper trees and sagebrush and everything else, you know, just, and uh, we got down there to him and I still had my bugle tube, my bow, my reed. And uh, I heard a bugle like close. So I ripped a bugle back and it was like, there was a herd of like probably a hundred elk with like six or seven bulls that were just absolutely on fire at like 30 yards. My buddies that are there helping me pack out, they're like, you need to stop right now. Like you're going to get us killed. Like we were shining <laughs> flashlights at him. Like couldn't get him to leave us alone. Mm. It, it was wild. Yeah. They were fired up. Yeah. You took one of their people. Yeah. yeah. That's Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he told the best bedtime stories. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's an epic night though. I mean, that's a night that, 
overused word, obviously, but when you kill a bull and a buck in the same night, like I don't know how you beat that. You yeah, know? yeah, no, that was. Uh, Your freezer's full. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty rough. I think I shot that that bull at like four thirty in the afternoon, and I shot the buck at like five fifteen, and I did not get out of there until one thirty in the morning. Yeah. And you're uh, you're a pretty darn good cook with wild game. I mean, I know you've had some experience cooking it up, but you cooked us up some duck breast while we were at your house, and I've never really eaten duck, and I was like, that's the best duck I've ever eaten. I, you know, I've eaten it in restaurants, but I've never eaten it wild game duck. I've always been kind of – I've tried some goose and never really thought it was all that. I thought it was a little livery. <coughs> but, man, you fired up that duck breast, and it was really good. So. I mean – I can cook meat, you know, and like I, I do like I do enjoy cooking wild game, but like I don't I wouldn't say I'm a good cook. I'd say that I can cook meat pretty good. Well, I mean it was good to me. Charlie, <laughs> but, what'd you think? Yeah, it was great. Well, and you guys together invented a new hors d'oeuvre while we were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, What did you guys name it? Uh, okay, I don't know if we gave it a name. I mean, I think it'd just be the white trash popper. <laughs> <laughs> white trash popper. So it was, it was Brunchwagger and a jalapeno. And what else? Was, was there anything else on it or is that it? Maybe some onions or something. Yeah, maybe some onions, but maybe you charred the jalapeno a little bit. Did we put duck on it? I don't know. Oh, it was we might good. have. Yeah. Did we put bacon on it? No, no bacon. We didn't bacon wrap it? No. There might have been some venison no involved. Time. I don't know. I've upped the recipe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in the development stage. Yeah. 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 It was but good. It I was. Thought, I thought it was pretty tasty. Yeah. We call it the clogger. <laughs> <laughs> we got good genetics for that, too. Our, oh, yeah. Our bodies do well with cholesterol. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so. Another just kind of fun thing that happened that time was one of the days, and I can't remember when we were for that first weekend, we're dog tired because we stayed up with you. I mean, we don't get to see you that often, so we stayed up having a good time with you and eating food and having a few different beverages. Uh, And then uh, we get back from the morning hunt, and your kids were over, and they wanted to watch a movie. And so your daughter puts on... Something on Netflix. Uh, I guess Puss in Boots. Yeah, Charlie. Well, you would know. You got yeah. to watch a lot of it. <laughs> I think the best part of this, the whole thing was, is that the like Cam and Joe went and she's like, "I'm gonna get you guys blankets." I'm sitting over here alone. She was so sweet. Canaan <laughs> yeah. snuggled up to Sam. Yeah. Cam and Joe snuggled up to Charlie. She yeah. grabs some blankets and like stuffed animals well, and stuff. And I'm just sitting over there like, uh, "Excuse me." She just like curls up with Charlie like I'm chopped liver. I'm like, uh, no. So so we're watching Puss and boots that has this like a mean wolf it's like the latest version of it right and so i tell her i said i I get kind of scared when we watch that movie and she's like i know what i'll do and she runs and get us stuffies and she's like if you get scared you just squeeze onto that stuffy (laughs) and so it was the sweetest gesture and that's how the stuffies came into play and but she was huddled up to charlie and he's barely keeping his eyelids open so every time he'd about fall asleep, she'd be like, you're going to miss this part. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, she just would not let him go to sleep. It was the cutest thing. And I could just, he was, and then I'm doing Legos with Kanan and, and all of us are just beat tired. We just wanted to take a little nap and the kids weren't going to let it happen. We all got a little bit of sleep time in and except for Kanan, he just kept playing with that Lego while, yeah. while we were sleeping. But then uh, I, I remember waking up and I see, 
Charlie and Cammy Joe, and she is just passed out. And he's passed out. You're passed out. <laughs> and your couch has this recliner, and her face kept falling in between the two things. And I'm going, they're going to unrecline. They're going to smash your face. You know? So like, I kept grabbing her head and moving it until <laughs> everybody finally woke up. But yeah. it was fun. I, was, I mean, that was just as good of a memory as the, the hunting was hanging out with your kids. Yeah. Well, so. that's like the first time you really met my kids. Well, yeah, maybe a couple times before that, but not yeah, but a lot. Just kind of in passing. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, fun. Was hanging. Fun. I mean, they're good kids. They were, they were a lot of fun and they, no. they loved on us a little bit. It's something like, you know how you're, well, I was telling you this on the way here and kind of like how she dogged you and got us blankets and stuffies. It's like your, <laughs> you know, your own kids are kind of hard on you. So when another kid's nice to you, you're like, oh, this is, this is how it used to be. You know, it brings back those memories. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This is what it's like when my kids liked me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before I alienated them. <laughs> so anyway, it was a good trip. Yeah. The, the only way she let me nap is because she <coughs> kind of had this, it was like Buddy the Elf plan. She's like, okay, after this movie, we're going to, uh, I can't even remember what she said, we're going to play for a little bit, and we'll have a little bit of rest time, and then we'll make a snack. And she had this whole list. I was like, well, I'd love to do that, but I got to nap a little first. So if you let me close my eyes, we can do all that other stuff. And she was like, all right. <laughs> uh, I, I just got a kick out of her waking you up the whole time, too. I loved it. Bargaining with a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to win that one. And she's uh, so sweet. Like, it's not like you're going to say no to her, you know? Yeah. Like, it was clearly not her first uh, time watching Puss in Boots because she was like a, a broadcaster every yeah. scene. Oh, it's like, awesome. okay, this part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a good part. Yeah, that was funny. Well, I mean, it definitely gave us the elk bug. And so I already had some uh, reed calls, you know, that I had tried to use in the past. And so Dylan talked us into going to the archery shop local to him. He's got a cool archery shop out there. And we went and bought some new calls. And then I tried to learn from him because okay. he's a pretty good elk caller. Sam is an expert with <laughs> reed, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I sound like. Maybe more like a weasel, something in the weasel family. <laughs> You know that like meme, that really famous meme with a goat that just goes, yeah. yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've been trying to work on it here and there, but it's, I got a long ways to go. I mean, how long have you been calling? Uh, probably well, since I was like 12. Yeah. So you got a little bit of a head start on me. Yeah. But I mean, so. I've been hunting public land elk since I was like 12 years old too. Yeah. But I mean, I was, I was worse than you when I first started. Well, that, that gives me hope then. Yeah. And I've watched all these YouTubes and it, it looks so easy when other people are doing it, but I would just say, just like start with like the softest read that you possibly could get used to that latex in your mouth. And yeah, like it's usually that. like a, you know, spike bull or cow call read. Mm -hmm. So you kind of figure out like your tongue pressure from there on your different pitches and all the bugles when it comes to that. Like the, the uh, Primos makes a really good one. It's it's white with a little orange top. I, I used to buy them at Biomart. That's kind of the one that I learned on. Okay. Yeah, maybe I tried to get two fancier ones, you know. I don't remember which ones you talked me into buying, but... Well, yeah, I use Phelps now. I, I really like those Phelps reeds and have that Phelps bugle tube and... Yeah, your kids were even making fun of me on the way home when I was trying to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't impressive. <laughs> well, do we got any other stories we want to tell? Or do we hit it all? Do you got any other things you want to talk about? Um, 
I mean, I would, I would just strongly just suggest that uh, if you are going to archery elk hunt, like if you are going to use a mechanical broadhead, I would have it be very, very close. Like I, uh, you definitely don't want to hit that front shoulder. No, no. I mean, you don't want to hit that front shoulder regardless, but I, you will not get through it. Like I was shooting, I, I have a 34 inch draw and, uh, and what 80 pound or 70 pound. It, uh, it's 70 pounds. It's a, it's a brand new Hoyt. And, uh, I, I've shot that thing through a chronograph and with an, uh, East and axis 200 spine with a hundred grain broadhead, like through a chronograph, it's at like three, three thirty with a hunting setup, And it's like the arrow is so heavy. So it's not the arrow or the weight or the speed is literally just the, the broadhead wouldn't do it. Like with a fixed blade broadhead, like you could take that to Africa, like you really could. When mm-hmm. you're thinking about like it's it's way over a thousand grains, that arrow and broadhead setup. Yeah, and I mean I think we were all shocked by that. I, it was just we did, we thought it was a clean miss, you know. Yeah. And then we went and recovered the arrow, and we're like, oh man, there's a little bit of blood on here. And yeah, little... the broadhead broke in half. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. but I wasn't worried about that elk at all. Because there, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. He wasn't bleeding. Bleeding. He was running good. You know. I he mean, was still pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hung out for twenty minutes. He's like, Ugh. yeah. You definitely woke Something him up. Stung a me. Bit. Yeah. Exactly. <coughs> he was like Michael with his boot. You know that hornet got yeah. him. He was, <laughs> I'm getting stuck by a hornet. Yeah. Exactly. But you've killed some bears too. I mean, you've gotten a. Yeah. You've gotten some, some good bear stories. I mean, with your bow. Yeah. Um, the the black bear story was. Uh, um, actually I was sitting in a, in an open back blind basically, and I was brushed in pretty good, but it was, uh, I, I used like this naturally brushed in area with one little entrance. And then I used a, uh, like a pop-up blind that was one sided for the rest of it. So I'm in like this maybe 20 foot by 20 foot area. And, uh, I'm just sitting there and elk calling a little bit and it sounds like a D four cat coming through the woods. And this is, uh, Oh man, this is like 2018, but it sounds like a D4 cat coming through the woods. And I see like out this little hole in this open front blind, uh, a bear just hauling butt right by me. And then another one right on its ass. And like they're growling and snarling and it's, it sounds gnarly. So like my adrenaline is immediately going. So are they fighting with each other? You think? Well, over something yeah they were and then behind that i hear more crunching and it's literally walking like right down the trail that's going to pop out in this open back blind like this whole brushed in area it's going to be like like the battle royale and i'm like what is that so i like crawl across this little 20 foot area and i peek down the trail and uh it's a bear and it's just walking right down it's going to walk like it's it's its trail well i brushed in the other side of that trail so I took my bow and I pulled back like a quarter of the way because like I'm, I'm, I'm scared, you know, I'm just, I'm scared. I didn't even have a pistol on me like a quarter of the way and I let an arrow go into the brush and I knocked another arrow and I peeked down the trail and that bear literally stopped, saw me, stood up on its hind legs and like puffed up and this is like 12 yards and, uh, I just remember it had like that great big white patch on its chest and I aimed for the bottom of that. I let that arrow fly and it set its front legs down and never took another step. Like Mm -hmm. 
it folded immediately. Mm-hmm. Like the, the sense of relief <laughs> in that moment, like the only thing that I could ask for that was better in that moment was like clean underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a cool, uh, it's a cool looking bear too. I remember when you sent me a picture, I mean, he's a good sized bear with that big white patch on the yeah. front. He's a cool bear. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember like archery hunting, uh, up, up on the pass actually. And, uh, being like, you know, 16 years old, getting way back in there way too far and, and hunting alone, like two miles from the pickup and, uh, a couple of cubs literally like ran up a tree right in front of me. And I was way, it was getting late. I was young, dumb, way too far from the pickup, no flashlight. Uh, I just remember hearing jaws popping in the brush. That's never a good noise. No. Oh yeah. But I, I mean, you don't think you could walk backwards for two miles out of the woods. You can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're 16 years old yeah, yeah. <laughs> in no the kidding. middle of nowhere alone. But yeah, no, I actually have pictures of, uh, of those cubs up in that tree. Mm. To remind you of what not to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't be like me. Yeah. <laughs> Put a pistol on your hip. Bring a flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just. Yeah. Be more like aware of your surroundings. Don't walk up on cubs. Yeah. yeah no, that Sal. I mean, she followed me out of those woods for. I, I, it felt like she followed me all the way out, but I bet she quit after. I'm sure she followed me for eight, nine hundred yards. Mm. And I mean, she was. It, it's so thick up there. I mean, she was within you know, 15 yards of me, just popping her jaws. I could hear her, like, smacking brush, and, like, I see the brush shaking. I never really saw her. I never got, like, a look at her face. I saw, you know, like, her hind in a couple times. But, I mean, I, yeah, I was absolutely sure I was going to die. Yeah, you don't want to play with Mama Bear. Yeah. Uh, you would have had a different-looking face, probably. Yeah. Could have gone different I couldn't way. get much uglier. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, we hunted a little bit with each other when you were real young on your yep. dad's place. And then you took me, I don't remember this, but on an archery deer hunt one time in the snow. Yes. And uh, we, we saw some does. I don't, we never saw a buck, but we the snow you had us in was about three feet. And I was not prepared for that. I was in my camo and I think my Danners and I showed up and you're like, Oh, we're just going to go on this little trail over here. And then I don't know, four to six miles later as I'm trying to keep up with you and you're trudging through the snow, like it's not even there, (laughs) but it was a fun hunt. I I had a good time with you. I don't even, I, I think I was, how old was I then? Gosh, I don't know. I have the pictures on my phone. I'll have to look back God, at it. But I, I, it was probably so it was probably four to six years ago, somewhere in that range. And, I mean, where we were hunting was also a skiing area. So, like, there was people skiing by us, and then we're these two <laughs> dudes in camo walking through the, the woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to two spots that day because I remember we were going to meet you up there. And then I sat up there. I got up there early, like half an hour early and then you were like a half an hour late that sounds about right so i just remember sitting up there and like so many people would stop and they're like are you okay i'm good yeah i'm gonna go hunting <laughs> yeah <laughs> why are you sweaty i drink too much coffee i'm okay i promise <laughs> well i know you definitely gave us the elk bug this year and we definitely want to get better at it and learn how to call and you know we'll do it again and the nice thing about that archery elk thing is you can do it every year, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was over the counter, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
over the counter, public ground, and you got us on some elk. Yeah. I'll never forget those bugles, you know? I mean, that was really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, even the last day of season when me and Char went out, we were we were into elk again. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. I think we got to allocate a little more time to it. You know, oh, for sure. Take a few extra days yeah. off and try to do a solid four days in a row or something like that. No. Because, you know, I don't I don't know the biology on elk that well, but I got to think they cut the range that they cover just based on trail cameras and my other buddies at elk hunt and stuff. It's like you see a bull on a trail camera, you may not see that same bull for 10 days, 14 days, 21 days. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And They're I, covering so much ground. Yeah, well, I mean, like in central Oregon, it's like, it's crazy. Like the herds might move out of like the Grizzly Mountains and come all the way across like through the Haystack, like like over by Haystack Butte. Like there's, you're talking about huge, huge, like vast. How many miles are you talking there? What's the I mean, range you think? I know like... The elk will go from definitely from like Warm Springs to Ochico's. Mm-hmm. You know, that's straight line. You're talking probably 60 miles. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And they might stay there for two, three months. Yeah. And Charlie and I have an elk, uh, rifle elk hunt. Remember, we went on, I just think the one hunt together. Yeah. And we were in fresh powder every single day. And that was in the Ochico's. It was a cow tag. Yeah. And I had shot my cow. Um, in an area and we got her out of there and um, we went back into that same zone and he had his nose on tracks and he was probably 30, 40 yards ahead of me and I could see an elk broadside on the hill and I'm trying to get Charlie's attention I'm throwing snowballs at him and sticks and anything and I'm trying to get his attention I'm like elk because he was so focused on the tracks and he does see it but he couldn't see the head and obviously you didn't want to risk shooting a bull when you have a cow tag. Yeah. Um, and plus it was like a hilltop shot, which isn't a, a good shot to take either, obviously. Little skyline. But then they started running and Charlie, you know, being 10 years younger than me and in better shape his whole life than I've probably been, decides to dead sprint after these things. And I'm trying to catch up to him. And I mean, I don't know how many miles we went, but we covered, we crossed four different roads in the snow and uh, yeah, I was chasing dumb. those elk. And I finally, I catch up to him and I'm like, hey man, I don't think we're going to catch them because <laughs> they, they move pretty fast, you know? And I go, and if we don't backtrack our own tracks and the snow melts, we are lost. <laughs> so, so we headed back after that one. But and that was a good trip too, but just a different kind of experience. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like the idea of bringing them to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the joy of hunting in the rut. They're yeah. desperate. Yeah. And you sound pretty good, I guess. Or mean. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I sound I sound a wimpy. Yeah. <laughs> They're and like, oh, yeah. that guy's got cows? <laughs> How'd he get cows? Yeah, I'll beat him up. I'm going to take him down. Exactly. You don't want to sound like so wimpy that you sound fake. Yeah. You know? You want to sound like, you know, like a satellite bull. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sound like uh, old Fast Eddie coming out of the marsh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half elk, half grizzly bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely got him running pretty quick. Yeah. Well, Dylan, thank you for coming. Uh, thanks for braving the mountain and taking the time this morning. It's always good to spend time with you. Hey, we sh- we should we had a lot of years go by where we should have been hunting with each other more than we. So we need to make yeah. up for some of that lost time. Absolutely. Have some more adventures together. So, yeah. Charlie, thanks for uh, you know coming in after working two straight shifts too. 
I mean, oh, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Charlie looks just so fresh right now. <laughs> yeah, he, he holds it together. He, he does. Can do it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. We'll see you later.